0: Have you or a loved one tested positive for COVID-19 during the past five days? Those 18 and over may be eligible to take part in a clinical trial for a possible COVID-19 treatment. Participants will receive study-related care at no cost. To learn more, call 1-855-221-3671.
1: Parts of your character do you most identify with? If you guys haven't heard her name, you obviously are hiding under a rock. Today, I'm joined with a star of the hit series, Viva! (laughs) You're listening to Empowerment and All That Podcast, your favorite podcast for women's empowerment hosted by Rita Bautista. It's time to be reminded of the authority of your inner goddess and elevate the power within. Are you ready? I'm joined with Chelsea Rendon, who is a star of the hit series Viva. And if you guys haven't heard her name, you obviously are hiding under a rock because she's been Mm -hmm. on shows from like Shameless to obviously being one of the number one stars on the show, Vila. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So Chelsea, what has been one of your favorite roles that you've played so far?
2: Definitely Madi is on the top just because being able to live with her for three years and three seasons. And she's one of the first characters that I played that is written so well. And she's so layered. She's the badass activist and she's woke and she's strong, but then she deals with the machismo-ness in her household and she's super weak and, and vulnerable. And then she's in her love life with Tlaloc, super um, naive and, you know, and there's all these layers to her, which I think is really important to portray. And and that's been my favorite part of her to show all the different sides of her. So what parts of your
1: character do you most identify with?
2: Well, me and Mari, I'm also born and raised in like Montebello, East LA. So we're from like the same area I'm also like a tomboy because she doesn't like, she's not a girly girl, but she takes care of herself. You know what I mean? That's one of the things I also loved about filming is that I was always in teddy shoes and like jeans. So it was like, yeah, I didn't have to worry about heels. But she's, she's very much in your face and like unapologetically herself, which I'm definitely like that. And... I definitely fight for what I believe in, like Madi.
1: So I absolutely love that. And for the people who are listening, you know that I'm all about telling it like it is and trying to get you guys to understand just like the power of who you are and not being afraid of really standing in that light and talking about that and being very upfront and honest. Do you think that your upbringing up lent itself to you being that bold and forward? Or do you think that was something oh. that that grew that you grew into?
2: No, totally. My mom is a reason why I'm so uh, strong and independent. My mom raised us as a single mother. My dad was around, but he never lived with us. And we visited with him and she just did it all. She juggled a full-time job and then taking care of me and my sister. And then when I started acting, juggled taking me to auditions and to set and still doing regularly mother things. And my mom actually had breast cancer when I was little. And she still would wake up and take us to school and pick us up. And she couldn't really cook because she was like sick. And my sister would make us cup of noodles. You know, she just taught us how to be super, super strong. And, and I definitely owe all of my strength to my mom.
1: Oh, I love that. My mom was super strong, too. She still is very strong. <laughs> so I can totally mm-hmm. relate to that. You started your acting career at a very young age, so at like six years old. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. At, at that. at such a young age, what is a person thinking when they're going to a set, when they're being asked to perform?
2: Well, for me, it was always in my blood. I, always, like, I came out of the womb ready to perform, I'd like to say. But I never saw it as work. For me, it was always fun. I think it took me a while to realize that auditions weren't a job, that that was a tryout for the job. But no, it was just so much fun. I always had a, such a great time, and and I think being little, like the cast and the crew, is so like endearing to like little kid actors because they're like, oh my god, you're so cute. You're already <laughs> like doing this. So I got so much love from from a lot of people, and I was just so excited, and and it was like a playground for me. So I was always curious, like, why is the light up there? Oh, that crane's up there. What does that mean? And and oh, can I be behind the scenes? And. I remember when I was on an episode of ER, the director actually let me yell action. And everyone was so confused because my little girl voice was like, action. And everyone's looking around like, what the heck? And he's like, action. And then like they started the scene, but it was so funny. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh my gosh.
1: Is there anything that you wish would have been a little different in your acting career since you started so young?
2: I think the only thing in a sense is I was the only one in my family to, to be an actor. So it wasn't like my parents and my grandparents and we knew what to do or anything. Like I'm, I'm the first one. My mom also has like that immigrant mentality in the sense of like, just take what they're giving you. Don't ask for more. So like Mm -hmm. when there were times where like, I was like testing for a project or like the top three, my reps were trying to get me more money and she'd be like, no, don't make her lose this opportunity. Just like let her book the job. And now I'm able to see like, could have asked for more and it wouldn't have been anything bad. It's just like part of the negotiations. That's part of the business. So that's the only thing that I feel like I wish would have been a little differently. Like if maybe my reps had the, the leeway to negotiate a little bit more on my behalf. Um, not that I think it would change my life in any drastic way, but maybe my quote would be different already before it changed recently or so you know what I mean? Like that I would just have a little bit more value than I felt like I did in the past.
1: I love that you bring that up. One of the topics that we pretty much hear almost repeated with women in general. And it's interesting that that would be the one thing that you would talk about is the value. Wishing somebody would have negotiated higher on, on your part. On your behalf, do you think that would have been any different if you would not have been Latina?
2: Yes, because, well, maybe, maybe not. If maybe if I was white specifically would be really different. But if I was another form of immigrant, then my mom might still have that same mentality.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But I think it just stems from at the end of the day, like the white privilege that people have that they don't realize you could be doing the same job as somebody else for the same amount of time, same resume, and a white man will still get more than you and like how unfair that is. And so I, again, I think if I was white, full on white, then maybe it would have make a difference. But if I was any other type of child of an immigrant, you know what I mean? Even though my mom was born here, but she still had that mentality. So I think that's the biggest thing, that immigrant mentality that we need to kind of let go of.
1: I absolutely agree. There's a pretty interesting statistic now that you bring that up that states that Latinas make 54 cents on the dollar of their white counterparts. How do you think we can go about changing that statistic?
0: I think the first thing is asking for more ourselves, not to be afraid to ask, but also not to be overzealous with it and not to be like, I want a million dollars. And then be like, okay, hold on. You're not going to get a million dollars. Be reasonable with the ask, but, still asking for more. So then when the next person comes up behind you, they have your value to go off of, not this 54 cents. Say you made it to 65 cents, but you're going little by little. And then as time comes, then the next person gets more and gets more. That's what I think that we can do. But I think at the end of the day, like we need to have allies. Like we need to have the white man be our ally and the white woman be our ally and accept what has been going on. And even though they're not, particularly like racist or like against feminism or whatever it is. It's not that you're that, but just saying like, okay, you've been a, you're a part of it just by being white. So now extend an olive branch and, and from there we'll go. That's pretty powerful.
1: You know, I, I, I've been seeing a lot of memes about that too. It's like, what if this year wasn't the year that everything broke down? What if this is the year that we needed To push forward and to Mm -hmm. to make a big change, like you said, like the whole world Phoenix
2: rising from the ashes.
1: Yeah. Like the whole world is watching it. What's going on here? The whole world is rioting with us.
2: But see, and then that's another thing. We're not even rioting. It's protesting, but again, that's a thing where like you're, you've are you been hearing on the news, riots, 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 when it's not fucking riots, but the media doesn't want to cover all the peaceful protests. There's been hella protests going on the last few days. Don't even see them in the news anymore. I only see them on social media from the people at the protests posting mm-hmm. about them. But so it's not a a, a story that's going to get all the people watching, so the news doesn't care. You know what I mean? And that's where, again, media plays a big part in the story Mm. what exactly is the story and again everybody was talking about the rioting the rioting the rioting and it was like no there was ten thousand peaceful protesters and 20 stupid kids that were looting that's the true story but nobody wants to say that because it doesn't sell it's not clickbait you're not going to click on it and be like oh my god
1: you know what i mean when then the danger with that too is you have this huge movement that's called the black lives matter movement and people are going to the streets and and that's kind of like the fundamental portion of between what happened to George Floyd and then continuing of the conversation. And if you have people on the street saying black lives matter, and then there's the conversation of rioting, you people would automatically equate black lives matter with rioting. And then like basically dilute the message of the positivity that's coming out Mm -hmm. of all of this. So you know, it's kind of like you said earlier right the karens that say things without even knowing sometimes i got myself caught up in a social media war <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it wasn't he, and, and all i was trying to do was tell them listen you guys have to be very careful with the language that you're using because the language is the most powerful part of this if you're throwing around the words thug and criminal. When people are out on the streets protesting and, you know, it's all about Black Lives Matters, then people are going to automatically associate criminals and looting and rioting, like you said, with such exactly. a positive movement that's trying to make a change for everybody, specifically for yeah. the Black men. No, community.
2: I, I had an issue on Twitter where when we had, I think it was episode four, no, three, um, when Maddie had an ice scene. Where she sees a guy get detained and the ICE officers break his window in his car to get him out. And somebody was like, That's what's wrong with the media. You have these people, the producers portraying ICE, uh, and, a, and a, an arrest would never happen like that. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they were adding me because, of course, I'm the character playing, you know, Mari. And so, they, they started trying to give out statistics of something, something, something that they have a warrant or they have this or this, this, that, and that 90% of ICE arrests go without harm or blah, 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 blah. And then I responded saying, like, I know people in my actual life that have been detained for riding a bike, that have been detained for going to the police about domestic violence. Or, or going fishing that were detained so no your facts are not right and then we went back and forth and then we went it was only like a couple messages back or like a couple tweets back and forth but then he said a comment in his in his tweet that said racism is a rare occurrence and then I was like this motherfucker and I was like oh okay <laughs> so then I was like no, I'm like not even worth my time. So then I literally replied and I said, the fact that you just said, and I put in quotes, racism is a rare occurrence, means that I don't even need to have this conversation with you because you won't even be honest with yourself. Ahmad Aubrey was chased down and murdered for jogging while black. And that's not the one time this has happened. So if you can say that, there's no reason to talk to you because you are truly... Like blinded, and then he was like, "Oh, well, I didn't say that it never happened. I just said, and I was, and I didn't even reply because I'm like, why am I going to argue and give my energy to someone that it's not going to matter what I say?" And so, that's where I have to check myself. Is like, I'll go back and forth with you if it's something that I feel that you we're having an open Mm -hmm. communication and open conversation. But if you're so narrow minded to be like racism is a rare occurrence, sit down, (laughs) sit down. I'm not going to deal with you.
1: (laughs) That's because you've never experienced racism, guy on the other side of the computer. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I think that's what's really funny too about that. It's not, it's actually not funny. It's, It's kind of like, clearly, you don't get it because you've never had to deal with any of this. Now, there are those who argue reverse racism and I'm just like, dude, when you've had to experience this your entire life, reverse racism is just one thing that you get like one day of the 365 that we get regularly. You know, there weren't systems created for you to be oppressed purposely, you know? And again, like I said, it's not, the fight isn't necessarily against white people. It's against the white supremacy mentality that needs to be gone because we're all, we're all supreme. All of us. From the uneducated to
2: the Ivy League grad. I was hoping that people would be able to see that we are all human beings. We all bleed blood. We all have hearts and we need to breathe. So therefore, we are all at a possible risk to get COVID. <laughs> that would humanize everyone. You know what I mean? Like that everyone would be able to see everyone else as a human because you are just as much as risk at me as me. You know, not counting the people that are more at risk because of other issues. You know what I mean? Um, So that at least like people would understand we are all the same. And then with the black lives matter movement, it's not even that we should be all the same, but like, how hard is it for you to say black lives matter? That's the bare minimum, you know what I mean? Like they matter, bare minimum, you know, like everybody matters. But the fact that we have to fight, to be able to say black lives matter and you don't understand that is like that's the problem that's the problem with the world and again it's not just america it's with the world because it happens all over the place but then also black lives matter is not only happening in la it's happening all over the place in london in new zealand and wherever you know what i mean like it was happening everywhere so police brutality is something that happens everywhere we just happen to live in a place that's run by 45 Who is crazy? I think,
1: you know, it's crazy to say this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm, I feel like, and you know, you tell me what your thoughts are on on what I'm about to say, but I feel like we needed him to come into office to remind ourselves of our validity and our power and our voices in this country.
2: Yo, hold on. What's validity? Because I don't even know what that means. What's validity?
1: Like how valuable, like our, (laughs) that we're valid, basically.
2: He's like, girl, slow down. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm like, girl, you just said a really like smart word. I was like, oh, like, you know, our value, like okay, our so in in the, on the most
1: basic level. Like yeah. you said, we all need to breathe. And that's what's ironic about all of this. You're right. You know, we come out of COVID and the guy dies being asphyxiated by a freaking knee of a police officer. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I have two things to say on that. First, I worked on this movie called *The Infiltrators*, where I, pay, I play a real-life activist who got herself detained into a detention center in order to get people out, um, and she's a badass. And I I compare her to a firefighter because she's literally risking her life. And the first conversation I had with her to like research the character, because again, I'm playing a, a human, a real human being. And I had asked her, "Well, how do you feel that Trump won?" And she was like, "I'm glad." And I was like, "Excuse me." like, aren't you an activist? And don't you like, what? Like, I was so confused in that moment. And she was like, and I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I'm glad because this has been swept under the rug for so long. Under Obama in 2012 is the story that we did where it was a for-profit detention center where people getting deported and staying detained for months and years to make money. And people that, again, were detained for riding a bike, for fishing without a license. A woman from the Congo was detained for trying to finally go and put a police report on her husband for abusing her. And she was detained. And so that was happening under Obama. And Obama actually stopped the deportation of his uncle. So this was all happening under Obama, who everybody loved. So the the thing that she said was that now it's going to be front page news it's not gonna be swept under the rug anymore. So I'm thankful for that, I'm glad for that. And that really shook me to my core because I was like, oh shit, okay, now I have to see it a little differently. So that was a big thing. Um, So again, it's like a necessary evil. And then that leads me to my second thing where Chris Rock had a joke in his special where he's like, if Bush gave us Obama, (laughs) Trump is gonna give us Jesus. So he's like, Jesus is going to come down and he's going to take care of us. Cause after Trump, we got to have Jesus. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the, the quote unquote corny things of like the darkest before the dawn, or it's beautiful after the storm or whatever, all those things. Like Mm -hmm. we are living in this time of so much hate. And Dr. King said it only light can take out the darkness. Only light can beat the darkness. So We have to spread love and we have to spread light. And that means supporting a movement like Black Lives Matter and supporting people against police brutality and and doing that as loudly and as proudly and also lovingly as in loving the people that are next to you as possible and not giving up. And that means showing up to vote that means putting your money where your mouth is and not supporting the organizations that are supporting Trump. That's the thing. Like my mom was having to go do some stuff and I was like, mom, don't go to home Depot, go to Lowe's. <laughs> and she was like, okay, <laughs> you know, um, it's just, like, uh, yeah, it's just lumber. I know no. <laughs> my mom was like, what? what are you talking about? But there's only a home Depot around here. I was like, I don't care. Drive an extra 10 minutes. Like you can't go to home Depot, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's something where, again, it's the same thing like we were talking about earlier with, you know, as an audience in, in your viewership counting, as in our money is what controls this world. So if we say we are no longer going to go to Starbucks and everybody actually doesn't go to Starbucks, Starbucks would be run out of business. You know what I mean? Like we have the power to do that. But that's where we have to be like, okay, I'm not going to have my double chocolatey chip anymore. You know what I mean? Like we have to be willing to sacrifice and we got to put our money where our mouth is. And, you know, that's why, like, I got my hair done recently with a friend who has her little spot. You know what I mean? There's no big salon. She built her own salon in the back of her house. You know what I mean? Um, I go to a Latina owned nail salon. You know what I mean? Like, and and I give my money to like Vive Cosmetics, you know what I mean? And like I said, Can Can Parlor and Latina owned companies. And we have to do that. Like that's something that I want to tweet or like on Instagram one of these days because I've been wanting to go, I need to buy a bathing suit. But I also feel like I've been kind of taking a break from social media the last couple of days because I've been having my own family stuff. And with everything going on, I was like, I need to just kind of be in a bubble. So like I literally told my mom, like, don't talk to me until Monday please. Like, I love you, but I need a break. Um, So I've been kind of staying on social media, but I do want to ask at some point, like, what are some Latina or Black-owned companies that sell bathing suits? Because that's what I need to buy right now. You know what I mean? And then I want to support. Um, So it's like, we have so much power. And we don't, like, people are talking about, like, oh, don't burn down the Target. And it's like, yo, Target's going to build itself back up. Don't burn down those mom and pop spots that don't have that bailout money from the government because the government has been giving big bass corporations, hella, hella money. And they don't want to give us another stimulus check, which I don't get a stimulus check, but technically all the people that get the stimulus check, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, we got to support the mom and pop spots. Like I still go, like the other day was the first time. Um, I went to this spot called tacos on Google that I love in East LA and I was like waiting in my car and I was like, okay, I want to jump out before I see the line start. Cause I want to be first get in the car and like leave. You know what I mean? Cause I'm trying to still be safe. And, um, it was one of those things where it's like, they have a support. They have a, a community that goes there and buys their food. You know what I mean? And, and we got to do that and we have to support. And that's where our money matters. So like, if we have to say, okay, boycott target. Okay. Then don't go to target. Shit. There's Walmart. There's like Marshalls and all these other stores technically that you can go to, so we have to figure out what we can do to use our money in the right way, use our voice in the right way, and use our vote votes in the right way.
0: You
1: know, Latinas specifically are injecting 1.7 trillion dollars into the U.S. economy prior to COVID, and here's the thing. Um, we're probably one of the most resilient cultures out there. Cause like, we're not afraid mm-hmm. to, you know, start from zero and mm-hmm. work our ways back up again. But the thing is, is that you're absolutely right. When you have that much buying power, you can control where that money goes. If we all do this in unison and it's, you know, sometimes it is boycotting or in our own way of like not getting our cold brew from Starbucks with no sugar, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like what coffee shops, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you know some that you pass by, you know, like maybe some Venezuelan, Venezuelan, or like Colombian coffee shops, or going to the mom and pop store to buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, it's.
2: I mean, they're using mm-hmm. our coffee beans anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I order my breakfast from some little spot. Yeah, I. I ordered my breakfast today from this little spot that I like called Mex Cocina Cafe, which is off of like Burbank and like Hollywood way or North Hollywood way or something. Mm. Um, But I told my man like, Oh, they have um, cafe de olla. You want that? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, there are those options. All you have to do is the same way I was talking about writers or like showrunners looking for writers. Like you can't be lazy. You have to look, you have to put a little bit of effort. And as Americans, we're so used to things being so easy. You know what I mean? we, they talk about gluttony, right? I didn't even know what that was until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, like you get a big ass plate of food and you keep eating, even though like you should have stopped eating like 20 minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, as Americans, we are so fortunate and we don't even know how fortunate we are. So we have to be smart and, and just do things better. And that means Googling where's a mom and pops pop around here that has coffee that I'm looking, you know what I mean? Or ask friends, you know what I mean? Like we can do that, but we have to make the effort to do that.
1: Make a little bit more effort and and do some research and support the mom and pops because
2: especially (laughs) right now,
1: you know, everybody's penny pinching and trying to figure out exactly where their money's going. But, you know, if you can help out, Doña Susenas yeah. versus going to, you know, the, the regular place that you go to. Maybe it's like payway or something. Go, go eat your uh, authentic food. <laughs> and if, even if you're not Latino, like, go find some authentic food to eat. <laughs> like, support the mom and pops. <laughs> I, got a, I got a random question for you. So
0: you know, Mm -hmm. going off
1: the topic a little bit, but I'm kind of curious if I were to open up your Netflix account right now, what would I be surprised to find?
2: I just finished on Netflix and started on CBS because they don't have it on Netflix yet. Uh, NCIS. I just finished like 10 seasons of NCIS. So it finishes up to season 15 and I'm in the towards the end of season 16 on the CBS all access. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so that's what I have been watching. (laughs) Like, um, so that's like the biggest thing Um, the next thing I need to watch is 13 reasons why I haven't watched it yet, but it's because I like to rewatch the season before, before I start watching it. And my boyfriend's not down for that. Even though he wants to see the new season, he's like, but I already saw the other one. And I was like, I know, but don't you want a refresher? Like to re- remember? And he's like, nah. So then like we're still on NCIS. So we haven't jumped to 13 reasons why yet, but that's something that I want to go to. Um, and it's not on Netflix, but I love Jersey Shore. That's my guilty pleasure. So, like, my man's like, I'm oh. losing brain cells <laughs> sitting here. And I was like, hey, sometimes you need to get a little dumb and, like, laugh. Um, and next That's week is, true. like, the finale where, like, there's a big drama that happens at a wedding. And it's just so funny to me. Like, did I escape through that? You know what I mean?
1: Is it still going on right now, Jersey Shore?
2: Well, because they had Jersey Shore. And then now in the last couple of years they had the Jersey shore family vacation. So it was like years later, they came back together and they were doing this and doing that. Um, but like, it's like more grown up stuff. So like somebody got married like a year ago, but then somebody else is getting married this year and then somebody got divorced. And like, so it's, it's still craziness. Cause again, there's people in their like late thirties now or forties, early forties, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And having a good time. And, it's funny.
1: I mean, I don't blame you, though, because everybody has some guilty pleasure. I watch The Real Housewives. I don't do any of that stuff.
2: But it's okay. <laughs> like you said, you got
1: to have something that makes you feel normal. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, it's Jersey shorts, It's fun. Like, oh, do you get yeah. upset with your man if he starts a show without you? Or if you guys are watching something and he watches ahead of you? No, because he knows better than that. It is
0: answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, Chelsea, it's been such an awesome time with you today. Is there anything else you want to yeah. talk about? Any projects that you want to let people to know to keep an eye out
2: for? Yeah. So right now the movie The Infiltrators, which I mentioned a little bit earlier about the activists, is available to watch online right now at infiltratorsfilm.com. And half of the proceeds go to the immigrant activists that actually got deported when we premiered the movie. And like it's pretty much retaliation, um, for being involved with the project. So that's available now, the infiltrators at infiltratorsfilm.com. And then in August, I am also in the film, The Tax Collector, which is going to be coming out, written and directed by David Ayer, um, starring Bobby Soto, Shia LaBeouf, George Lopez, Lana Parrilla, myself, Noemi Gonzalez, Cheyenne Hernandez, like just an amazing group of people. Um, and I'm really excited for that to come out. Um, so those are the two things next. And if you haven't watched v, that catch up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Binge watch weather, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> my last question is, if you were to walk outside of your house today and somebody told you that they deposited $10 million into your bank account, how would you spend them?
2: Ooh. Funny enough, um, there's a house that my boyfriend just showed me that was really nice. Um, that I was like, Oh my God. So I would get that house cause it's only like very, it's like a block away, but it's just bigger. Um, mm-hmm. so I would do that. Um, I would buy my mom a house. Okay. So say that that's like 500. Well, no, it's a little bit more than that, like six, 700. And then I'd buy my mom a house, which would probably be another six, 700,000. Um, and then I don't have any more debt. I. Um, I'd Put money for my niece's school, like, college fund aside. Um, I'd buy my brother a truck because he wants a truck. Um, I would maybe buy my sister a house because <laughs> um, I love the kids. And invest in two movies that I want to do. So I would at least have about $5 million left, and I would save that. And put it into some CDs for, like, six months and get a hell of an interest. You know what I mean? Um, but so that's what I would do.
1: That's right. Growing that Latina equity, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chelsea. Well, it was such a great, great time again, as I said, for having you here with us and you guys follow Chelsea on Instagram, on all social media handles, follow her on Twitter so you can watch her beat up on people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she does have some really awesome, um, interviews and 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 all kinds of really great stuff going on in her uh, on her social media feeds guys so watch out for her next film and a star on the on like the hollywood hollywood
2: walk of yeah oh that'll take a lot of that'll take a lot of time you never know girl i'm happy i'm waiting i'm waiting we need some more latinos (laughs)
1: we need some more latinas on the on the walk of fame so we need to rally behind you (laughs) and remember make sure to keep it positive or don't keep it at all
0: yeah Have you or a loved one tested positive for COVID-19 during the past five days? Those 18 and over may be eligible to take part in a clinical trial for a possible COVID-19 treatment. Participants will receive study-related care at no cost. To learn more, call 1-855-221-3671.